on today's episode, Achieving Mindfulness and Flow State with Thomas Dreibelar. Welcome to the Run Smarter Podcast, the podcast helping you overcome your current and future running injuries by educating and transforming you into a healthier, stronger, smarter runner. If you're like me, running is life, but more often than not, injuries disrupt this lifestyle. And once you are injured, you're looking for answers and met with bad advice and conflicting messages circulating the running community. The world shouldn't be like this. You deserve to run injury-free and have access to the right information. That's why I've made it my mission to bring clarity and control to every runner. My name is Brody Sharp. I am a physiotherapist, a former chronic injury sufferer, and your podcast host. I am excited that you have found this podcast and by default become the Run Smarter Scholar. So let's work together to overcome your injury, restore your confidence, and start spreading the right information back into your running community. So let's begin today's lesson. have Thomas on the podcast today who reached out to me. He sent me a lovely uh, YouTube video discussing who he is, what he's about, what his challenges are in the next coming months and um, his book. And it's flowed on really nicely because I did an episode, um, like I said, last episode, Rehabilitate with CBT and Mindfulness and kind of want to tie this all in together. And so I won't give too much away, but Tom's undertaking some incredible challenges. He started running pretty much for mental health and has learned to enter or trained, I guess, to run in a flow state. And he's got an upcoming book called Flow Up, which is coming out early next year. And we just dive into learning about flow state, why it's so important, what the benefits are, what the purpose, I guess, um, some active strategies you can do to become more present and increase the amount of mindfulness that you have during your running and outside of running as well. And overall sort of connect to a bit more of this flow state. Tom talks about the the relevance it has with injured runners and when it comes to pain and recovery, as well as like the right conditions that you need in order to set yourself into a, an ideal flow state. I love chatting to him and I hope you enjoy it as well. Tom, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Thank you very much for having me today. It's going to be a really nice uh, topic of conversation after last episode um, when I started talking about this particular stuff, what stress and mindfulness can do to the body. And um, I thought we might get started because you've got a lot going on at the moment. But let's get started about how you first got into running. I'm curious to, to find out about that. Sure. Well, I started running about 18 or 20 years ago, um, and, and I was actually continuing running all the time. But to be honest, for those first 18 or, or, or the first, let's say, about 16 years, I was running only like twice a week, uh, half an hour, just to clear my mind after work, and that was all. And um, in 2000. 16 in early 2016 i actually started um running much more i started running uh, five six times per week um up to one hour each time and then in march 2018 i started training really intensively um increasing my um you know training running more for a couple of hours um, a day and I started actually running mainly to improve my mental health. Did you notice that the more running you were doing, the more improvement you were seeing? Yeah, that's correct. And, you know, in, um, in March, when I was actually starting running in March 2018, I uh, started training for, for my first big challenge. At that time, I didn't know yet what it's going to be. I just wanted to do something big, but I didn't have idea what it would be. And I think in November 2018, there was a guy, uh, Ross, who swam around the Great Britain. And um, I was following this guy and I said, oh, gosh, if he stay in the sea for almost 200 days <laughs> and finish this challenge, then I can actually do something big 
and you know, with the running, and then I increased even more. And then in uh, April 2019, I started my first big challenge. Right. Well, seems like you were just inspired. And so what, what challenges have you set yourself and what, what have you, you completed so far? Um, you know, I, I don't race. I never, I never raced before. I don't compete with people. Um, I run a crazy long distances, but I usually um, uh, run it on my own. I didn't actually find <laughs> so far anyone who wants to run with me. Such a big <laughs> um, uh, challenges. So my fa- first big challenge was to make five million steps in hundred days. I was late by one day, and I oh. made the five million steps in hundred one days. Okay. And it was mainly to you know to push my limits to 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 train for the next big challenge which I was planning after this one. And when I was running five million steps, um, it, it was actually contains on a few different activities because it was running, cycling, swimming, and cross fitness. And my activity watch was uh, calculating the steps. And I started from making around twenty five thousand steps a day. And I finished it uh, by making a bit over 100,000 steps a day. So I started from uh, spending around three hours uh, on exercise. And I finished by spending around 14 hours a day on exercise. And after 101 days, I completed 5 million steps. Then uh, I took a, that, that challenge was in Asia. I took a three weeks break and I started running 11,000 kilometers. The idea was to run from Hanoi in Vietnam through the ocean coast to Denpasar in Bali in Indonesia. And after I pass half of the distance, five five and a half thousand kilometers, the COVID-19 happened. So um, um, I was at that time in uh, uh, Singapore and um, I managed to escape by last boat four hours before the uh, Singapore and Malaysia was shut down for the lockdown. I managed wow. to escape to uh, Indonesia, to Sumatra, and that's it. I get stuck in Sumatra in a small village next to the jungle uh, for six months. <laughs> wow. And I divided the remaining distance, five and a half thousand kilometers, on um, 268 half marathons. And I was <laughs> running two to five half marathons daily through the one road, through the village, and through the jungle, uh, because the, the Indonesia was never under the full lockdown, you, but you cannot move even from one village to another village. You have to stay locally. So I couldn't even go to airport and come back to London. And I completed, and I completed uh, the entire challenge, running 11,000 kilometers. At current time, I'm running 2,500 kilometers through the United Kingdom and Poland. But this is mainly to prepare myself to the biggest challenge, which I will start later this year. Uh, and yeah, that's that's what I did so far when it comes to running. I think most people, as soon as like a global pandemic and lockdown would happen, people would just say, oh yeah, that's it. Let's, um, you know, I got half of it done. No one else would expect that the, the world would be shut down. And a lot <laughs> of people would just call it quits there, but it seems like you've just found a way and, you know, Credit to you for, for persevering and um, getting the remaining five and a half thousand kilometers done. Well done. Yeah, but you know, it's not like re- I really have a much choice because I just was on <laughs> my own in a small village in Sumatra. I just have to do something with me. And actually, after three months, I could come back to London uh, because the border was open again um, for, for coming back. But... Um, you know, I was like three quarter through the challenge. So I said, no, now I want to finish. So then I stay for another three months and I finish it and I back to London. So you mentioned that you're training for an upcoming challenge. Uh, can you share what that is exactly? Sure. So um, I will be running the circumference of the earth. Uh, so 40,075 kilometers, which is almost 25,000 miles. I'm flying by the end of August, I'm flying to United States and on the 26th of uh, September, I'm starting running from New York down the country to uh, Florida. Then I'm turning 
towards the Mexican border, running through the Mexican border on the other side of the United States uh, to San Diego, then turning up uh, through the ocean coast to Seattle. Then I will have a month break. Uh, we are moving all the equipment and starting again from Hong Kong. So I'm running through Asia um, all the time through the ocean coast. So I will pass on my way uh, Hong Kong, China, Vietnam, Cambodia, um, Thailand, uh, Malaysia, Singapore, then um, through Indonesia, so Sumatra, Bali, um, Java and Bali. Then again, I have a one month uh, break and we are moving to Arabian Peninsula, starting running from Kuwait, U-shape through the Arabian Peninsula, so the Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, Qatar, um, Emirates, uh, Oman. I'm not going into Yemen because there's a still war in there. Um, I'm turning a bit up uh, and this is probably going to be the most difficult part because I will be running through empty water around 1000 kilometers. So really, really hot sun, sun and me. Um, then um, keep running through Saudi Arabia, through the Red Sea coast, passing through the Red Sea to Egypt and running around 600 kilometers to Cairo. Um, then a month break uh, going to uh, Athens in Greece and running through the entire Europe few countries through the Mediterranean Sea and the uh, Atlantic Ocean and finishing in London, hopefully, fingers crossed, in December 2025. So we plan it, I plan it for um, three and a half years, long journey. <laughs> I think all the logistics and all the planning that sort of goes into it, I'm sure we could set aside another 60 minutes just to talk about <laughs> the whole planning side. Um, and I won't be too offended that you you haven't picked Australia or you're not stepping foot in Australia, but uh, I'll let that one go. Um, <laughs> you've talked about the flow state as something that, you know, you use or um, you implement as a way of, you know, achieving such great distances and being able to run for, you know, continuously for such a long period of time. And so that's what really intrigued me when you're talking about coming onto the podcast. And I would, I'd like to know, I guess, your definition or what, what you would think is uh, running in a flow state or achieving a flow state and what, what the benefits might be. Sure. Absolutely. So I actually discovered flow for the first time when I was running my previous two challenges that five million steps and making and running 11,000 kilometers through Asia. And it was the, for the first time when I you know, increased my um, running uh, to, to, to my limits and I was like every day passing those limits. And at some point, I started running like really crazy distances, like 70, 80, 90, 100 kilometers a day. And, um, you know, the, the, the crazy thing about this was that I was repeating this one day, second day, third day, the second week, and I was fine. And it was absolutely shocking for me because um, it seemed like um, all the running becomes extremely enjoyable for me and uh, really, really... Um, effortless and it was not only this because after the uh, run I usually start I was usually starting running about five in the morning um, and then early afternoon when I finished running I was actually able to open my laptop and I was running just with a backpack and with having a few uh, you know, cloths in my backpack and a laptop for work and I was able to open my laptop and then work for, the for another few hours so I get curious what is happening to me. And um, when I started reading, reading about this, I discovered actually that I'm getting regularly almost every day um, to the state of flow. And uh, the simplest and most basic um, definition of flow um, from my point of view is the state of mind in which we become fully focused on performant activities on a, on a task at hand. Um, so when we are in the flow, we feel uh, really strong and extremely positive. 
we don't worry about ourselves or about uh, filing about the fires um, we know exactly um, what we are going to do next and um, you know how we want to do it we feel deeply connected with uh, with whatever we do with a, with a performing task and we feel in a in a control of this of this performance and the whole experience is extremely um, rewarding which is building our interesting motivation because we simply want to do it uh, one more time we just we are just driven by the motivation to get into the flow again and again and if um, you know when i was learning about the flow when i was studying the flow um i discovered that when we are getting into the state of flow the prefrontal cortex the front of our brain is shooting down and when the prefrontal cortex is shooting down our nervous the entire nervous system is um, resetting so all the anxieties stresses and worries and overwhelms are disappearing as resetting at that time the time is calculated in prefrontal cortex so when the prefrontal cortex shoots down the front of our brain shoots down the brain cannot any longer uh, separate uh, the past from the present and from the future so we are getting into the deep now into the present moment into the here and now and the sense of self is also resetting when the prefrontal cortex is shooting down this means that we are stopping criticizing ourselves and we are stopping the self-doubt and uh, is a is like literally we are going out of our way out of our way and um, the risk taking is uh, going really high and we are extremely uh, brave um so you know that was my experiences um and uh, when i started learning about this i just uh, created the system and um, i just you know try to create the conditions for for flow and at current time I'm getting into the state flow when I'm running quite regularly. Very interesting. So you're saying that, well, I guess defining a flow state, I think it, it might be helpful to know like what isn't flow state because, uh, or like what might be the opposite of flow state. I'm thinking someone, myself included, sometimes goes for a run. They're thinking about, you know, if they've just, had a bad day at work and then they go for a run they're constantly thinking about what just happened constantly trying to process the day thinking about you know the tasks they have afterwards or tomorrow thinking about what they have for dinner and not really being engaged in the task and not really being present and just like letting their emotions get carried away like you say into the the past the future and and those sorts of things um would that be kind of you know, inhibiting you to enter that flow state? Would that be kind of like the opposite of entering a flow state? I, I wouldn't say is a is the opposite. It's what you're saying is a kind of the flow blockers. It's, it's a bit of the overthinking, but it's not something what is, um, what is I don't know, unnatural for human because um, that's what our brain is doing. Our brain and, and the brain rule is to... Um, kind of the protect us from the past experiences so this is what our brain is doing our brain is always dwelling on the past our brain is comparing the current situation to the past situation and is trying to protect us to not making this happen in the future so you know we, we have between 40 to 70000 thoughts a day every single human and we cannot uh, change this I wouldn't say is a is the opposite. Is something what we can um, kind of the resolve. We we can um, work to to change this and to get us in the present moment um, awareness, and we can use for this mindfulness, uh, and this will help us to to get into the state of flow. But um, it's not the opposite. It's just the mm. human biology. This is what what we do on, on a daily basis, actually twenty four hours a day. Gotcha. And so dwelling on the past, trying to protect ourselves from the future, they're kind of like some some things that inhibit or block the flow. Are there, are there any others that might, you know, inhibit our ability to enter that state? Um, 
Well, you know, the, the biggest, you know, the, there's a plenty of things which may prevent us from getting into the state of flow. But one of the biggest uh, flow brokers are our thoughts. Uh, so basically our thoughts influence how we feel, which creates our reality. So, you know, the overthinking is one of the biggest uh, flow brokers. And overthinking have a root in our past traumatic experiences, which cause the anxiety, stresses, and overwhelm. So we can very simple um, explain this. Um, our brain doesn't recognize the difference between the reality and visualization. So that means that, for example, if we see the lion in front of us, or if we have a memory of the past um, traumatic experience, then our brain will respond um, exactly the same way to both the events. So, you know, the past traumatic events, this could be, for example, the injury. This can be the injury, which we did have, I don't know, at the age of eight. We don't even, it was painful at that time. We don't even remember this uh, injury. We push it somewhere on the back of our mind. But that injury, that traumatic experience, that painful experience is existing somewhere on the back of our mind. It, it wasn't erased, it's still there. It's still in our subconscious mind. And now let's say I can give you the practical example. It was something what, what I was struggling with for, for quite long. Um, when, um, when I was running like half an hour a day, twice, uh, twice a week, I often did have a, a knee injury because sometimes I push it to run one or one and a half hour um, a day and then really easily I got to knee injury and a few times I end up in the, in the hospital. That was quite painful um, experience for me. And then when I started running those long um, distances, um, I was, you know, each time I was paying lots of attention to my knee just kind of the searching for this pain. And when I was searching for this pain, actually the brain was sending the signal to my um, knee uh, that I should have that uh, pain injury there. And then I felt the, the pain injury in my um, knee. Um, so, you know, when, when we have those traumatic um, experiences, memories, uh, the brain is responding um, by... Um, uh, most basic uh, response, which is a fight or flight response. This means that um, when we see the lion in front of us, or when we have this um, painful memory, um, our brain is sending signal from, from the brain to our body about the danger. When the body receives the signal, the body doesn't recognize what kind of the danger is in front of us. Um, and the body is tightening, so you know it's like kind of the squeezing. And then, when the body is tightening, it's sending the signal back to our brain that there is a danger in front of us. Then the brain got the signal and sending the signal back to our body, and we are getting into the vicious cycle. And sometimes we can very easily break this cycle because we can talk with someone, we can go out, we can you know, do yoga or some kind of the mindfulness and um, we can break this uh, cycle but if we didn't heal that past negative um, um, experience and I'm not saying now about the physical uh, pain but about the mental pain and emotional pain that the same experience will come back to us again and again and again so we have to heal those those experiences and we can heal those experiences through for example practicing uh, mindfulness uh, when we can when we can break the signal and um, um, you can th that signal is not continuing we are getting out of this cycle of sending signal um, um, up and down from our body to our to our brain um, so you know this is the the, the simple the simple example um, um, how our brain is working and what may cause the flow blockers. And then when we manage to break this um, cycle, when we are starting to getting into the flow regularly, then you remember when I was saying about the flow that um, the flow is 
when we are getting into the flow, we are resetting the nervous system. So uh, then um, naturally... Just quickly chiming in here to let you scholars know, I have just updated my five day injury prevention challenge. This is one email per day for five days, learning new concepts and diving into the science on how you can reduce your risk of injury. The sign up link is in the show notes. So fill in your details and I'll be waiting for you in email number one tomorrow. We are breaking the cycle on a regular basis. There's so many, like you use that example, but I, I sort of think of an example if someone is injured, they do have like a, and let's say they have a sore knee and then through, you know, the body heals itself through rehab, you get the, the tissues stronger, but you're not necessarily addressing the, the mental state. And if there are any anxieties or <clears throat> like you say, like overwhelm or stress that's, you know, psychologically associated with that injury. And so you physically could be better, but then when you return to running, I know a lot of runners, myself included, when I was injured, you sort of return back to running and you are a little bit worried about the pain returning and you're thinking like, is it going to come back? Is this too risky? Should I be running? And then every single step that you make, it's like, is the pain there? Is the pain there? Is the pain there? And you're sort of just yeah. re like you say, overthinking it. And it's, it's kind of like the opposite of what you're talking about, but I, I could imagine that experience, that injured experience can be so common with a lot of runners. And then if the injury doesn't return and you have a successful run, there's still like some anxieties and stress and worry about that injury returning. That's just in the back of your mind, every run that you go on. And so, um, yeah, it plays a significant role in recovery and Absolutely. just making sure that, the, the awareness or having the appreciation that the mind can play a, a really big role in your recovery. Absolutely. You know, I, I actually wrote the entire book about this and how to use uh, mindful running and active meditation to um, resolve those issues, you know, from the mental point of view and the emotional um, point of view. Um, and, you know, the mindfulness um, is simply the act of paying attention to be in the present moment and you know practicing mindful running means becoming more aware of your body breath and um, surrounding so the mindfulness is all about doing just that just staying focused on, on your run your movement your body your thoughts and um, being in the present moment and when you are getting yourself into the present moment regularly then all those anxieties disappears because if you think about this um, if you think about the you know, anxiety, it's exactly as you said, that anxiety doesn't actually exist in a, in a present moment. All those worries, anxieties, stresses, overwhelms are usually about the things which happened in the past. And, you know, there was a really painful experience for us. And obviously, we don't want it to happen in the future. So then the anxiety, you know, rise in us. Um, and by practicing uh, mindfulness, we can simply break the cycle of, uh, of anxiety. I can give you a very simple, uh, you know, coming back to that knee injury and uh, knee uh, pain sample. Um, I can give you a very simple um, um, practice for, for mindfulness, practice which I was using for, for myself for that knee injury. So... Um, the most basic thing is when you have that knee, uh, that knee pain, obviously it will come back from time to time, especially when you expect this, that it will come back. You just have to acknowledge, okay, I have a knee in, in a pain. It's normal. I did have an injury. Now I'm running um, and you have to accept it. It's fine. Um, it's okay. But now I'm training to make, make my knee uh, stronger so that knee will uh, get stronger and it's enough if you start if you're starting trying to looking for the solutions for some kind of the you know overcoming how to change this how to not think about this it, it usually have the opposite effect it's just starting uh, being a bit more painful and a bit more painful and a bit more painful when you accept this 
And when you acknowledge that you have this pain and you accept that you have this pain, usually the pain disappears after a couple of minutes. Then when the pain coming back, you can implement gratefulness into this. So what I was doing, I say to myself that each time when I will feel that uh, pain, I will find uh, three reasons from my body or from my environment for what I'm grateful. And each time it has to be uh, three different reasons. So for example, when I feel the pain, I said, okay, I feel the pain. I accept this pain. And I was saying this exactly the same way in my mind. Of course, I have the pain because I did have the injury, but I'm training and I'm grateful that I passed uh, uh, already 10 kilometers. I'm grateful that the pain is not so strong. And I'm grateful that um, I see the beautiful tree in front of me. And of course, that pain will come <laughs> back in about you know, a few minutes time. And then you're looking for another three things. And what is happening here is that you are rewriting your negative self-talk. And later, because the brain is learning by repetition, later when you, say, when you have those uh, knee pains, your brain is automatically looking for the positive things and for the positive thinking. It's not looking any longer for negative thing. You're just not you know, dwelling on those um, uh, things and um, you just become the positive. And um, because brain loves the patterns, when you start creating positive patterns in one thing, then the brain assigns those positive patterns later to the other things and to the, to the other injuries, to the other things uh, from the you know other areas of life, from work, uh, or the family, time with the friends, um, career, business, everything else, what you are doing. Mm. I think I mentioned this briefly last episode, but it's a, a pattern, a correlation that I have seen when I'm seeing a runner where doing their rehab, we've imp implemented a rehab strategy, and they're doing everything right, and they they may be seeing a little bit of improvement, but not as quickly or as um yeah as as quickly as they would hoping and it seems to be a very strong correlation for those who are really struggling to return back to pain-free running they also have had a, a history of like depression anxiety stress worry and it makes me think about potentially the fear and worry is almost like their default state like they'll naturally just think of the negative side of things and just naturally sort of start dwelling um, and stress and overthink things. Um, and if a lot of what you've just discussed, if that's their default state, then they're really going to struggle with their recovery and with their pain levels and pain management. Uh, but it's almost like with that strategy, like you talk about the three different things that you're grateful for, you just like you say, yeah. break that pattern, reinforcing a bit more of a positive pattern and trying to break that circuit that's break that sort of default pattern of, around their thinking. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was struggling with the anxiety, stress and overwhelm for nearly 40 years of my life. And when I was um, running those uh, first two big challenges, I when I um, purposefully um, every single day started practicing mindful running and active meditation and I started getting into the state of flow and I become really conscious about my body, mind and all the thoughts and all my emotions and I started recognizing and assigning uh, you know, all those emotions and, and thoughts to the particular pains in the brain. And I started understanding that we have a physical pain, we have a mental pain in our body, and we have the emotional pain in our body. I um, realized that all those anxieties, stresses, and overwhelms was related to the uh, past childhood experiences. Because, uh, you know, when we... Uh, experience uh, quite often anxiety in in our childhood um, this is becoming the familiar emotional state for us and because the brain is always looking for the familiarity uh, brain doesn't want to change anything so that's why it's, it's really difficult to change the habits because brain is always holding us to something what is already what is already familiar for the brain mm. then you know um that anxiety, as you said, is becoming the default state because our brain is always directing us 
to the anxiety and we starting sabotaging ourselves that I know thinking about running that uh, we know that you know it's something what I did example from my life that I never run the triathlon I always run on the road and in the road shoes but one day we was recording the video um, and we have I don't know from where this idea that we're gonna record this video in um, in the forest and I was running through the through the forest in a completely different shoes uh, through the area when when I never run and, and I did have a serious injury which get me out of the um, uh, running for three weeks and I become anxious because of this and this is one of the example that um, actually I realized later that okay um, it was one of those things when my which my brain did the did automatically to sabotage um, my behavior and to put me back into that feeling of um, of um, anxiety. But you know, we can. Uh, what I said about the gratefulness is one of the way to change that to reframe this through um, through practicing gratefulness. The other way how we can resolve those um, issues and uh, starting creating conditions for flow is simply by provoking ourselves, by pushing ourselves or putting ourselves into the present moment. And there's um, lots of um, uh, ways how we can put ourselves into the present moment. You know, when we run, we can simply focus on our breath, on synchronizing our breath with our stride. Um, you know, so it depends. My... Um, uh, stride is usually three on three. Uh, I'm not running fast. I'm, I don't really care about running fast. Uh, I, I run the wrong distances, so my focus is on passing the long distance. So we can um, um, synchronize the breath to our stride. So it may be like, you know, um, on the inhale, we can uh, run left, right, left. Then on the exhale, we can write, um, run right, left, right. So it's a three on three. Um, it's all depending how fast we are running. Um, but there's a lot of way to put ourselves back to the present moment, break the cycle and get ourselves out of the out of the anxiety. Mm. I, I just just occurred to me that we hadn't really <laughs> discussed any particular strategies to get into flow state and to sort of how you how to know if you are in flow state. But I guess those practicing gratitude and like you say, trying to bring yourself into the present moment are two of those strategies. Do you have any other favorites? Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we can go few, uh, through a few strategies. So, you know, um, we don't actually know, um, at least it never happened to me, that we don't actually know that... Um, at the time when we are in the flow, we, we don't actually recognize we are in the flow. Usually when we recognize this, we are saying, oh, I was in the flow, and then the flow is, is passing, and we back to, the, to that um, you know, different kind of the consciousness. Um, we can recognize that we've been in the flow by um, you know, the time passes very quickly, usually when we are in the flow we sometimes i'm running like for two three hours and i think it was like 10 15 minutes but then i look at the watch and two hours pass we can recognize this because for example the run or any other physical activity um not necessarily not necessarily the physical activity because that can be writing that can be uh, you know reading playing guitar um, Anyone on the earth can get into the state of flow. We don't need to be runners to get into the state of flow. So all these activities are really effortless and extremely enjoyable. We are getting into, we've been in a hyper-focus, uh, fully focused on task and hand. And usually when we are in, in the flow, we are performing above uh, our average abilities. There is no any magic formula to achieve flow, but we can... You know, for flow for every single person means something different and uh, different conditions uh, are getting people to, to the state of flow. But there is a f um, three main conditions to get into the state of flow, the conditions which increase the chances of getting into the state of flow. So the first, we have to start from the thing that 
um, to get into the state of flow, we have to do something what we love to do, what we are passionate about, and we have to add a bit of challenge to this. So we have to set the first condition is that we have to set clear goals. So sometimes we are going for a run, if we stay to that running example, that sometimes we are going for a run and we don't have anything in mind. We're just going for a run to feel good, to feel relaxed, uh, to enjoy the run, to create that you know, mental space, uh, to feel better, to release the, the stress after work. And those runs are very important, but those are not um, uh, flow-inducing runs because the goal is very abstract. We don't have any concrete goals. If we're going for a run to run on a certain piece or past a certain distance, that's the clear goal. That's the concrete goal, and this is the flow-inducing goal. The second conditions for flow is the challenge skill balance. So um, we have to choose the activity which is between our reach, but um, we have to put the effort um, to, to make this activity happen. And the sweet spot to achieve flow is to increase our skills, uh, sorry, increase our um, challenge uh, by 4% comparing to our skills. So this means that our challenge needs to be 4% uh, bigger than our skills. If the challenge is too big, then we get overwhelmed, we get anxious, um, and we may not achieve the flow. Um, that means that, for example, if we usually run 10 kilometers and we set ourselves to run um, 30 kilometers, then more likely we're not going to achieve flow because the challenge is too difficult, too difficult for us. But if we run 10 kilometers and we want to run 14 kilometers in certain speed today, then it's more likely that we may achieve the, the flow because the challenge is increased by, by 4%. On the other hand, if the uh, skills, if your skills are much bigger than the challenge, then you get bored, you lose your motivation, and you also will not get uh, to the flow. And the th third condition for flow is the automatic feedback, is the immediate uh, feedback. Um, so, you know, when we set the goals, the goals needs to be adjusted because uh, one run is not the same like the other one run. One week we are feel strong and we can run 40 kilometers a day. The other week we not feel so much strong and we, uh, we are confident to run 20 kilometers, but 40 kilometers will overwhelm us. So we have to uh, get the feedback, the interior feedback and the exterior feedback. For example, when I was running through Scotland, you know, the mountains was huge and I cannot expect to run so far or at um, my usual speed because um, I have to run through the mountain mountains. So we have to uh, get the feedback um, and um, uh, adjust the goal. Um, that feedback can be big. If, you, if we are racing, this feedback can be big can be, for example, that we see the person in front of us and we feel strong, so we want to increase our peace to pass another person. And then another, we're getting, we pass this person, we're getting another feedback, we feel even more stronger, and we set another goal which uh, to, to pass another person in front of us. And this way we are getting into the state of flow. So all those kind of the runs are the flow-inducing runs. But it, I think it's important, you know, um, to mention here for the listeners, because, you know, I, I'm running so crazy distances. But um, as I said at the beginning, that you don't, you don't even have to have a, you don't even have to be the runner at all. Um, we can divide flow experiences on uh, microflow, which may happen in our everyday life. This may happen when we run a short distances, when we cycle, when we swim, I don't know, when we play um, chess or guitar, when we're cooking, when we're dancing, when we're having sex, when we write, when we're reading, um, when we listen to the music, you, know, you, you name it. Anyone on the earth can achieve flow state and all of this on a daily basis is a, is a micro flow, which are very important because they are 
teaching our mind and our brain and our body those conditions. We, we are learning, if we're paying attention to this, we are learning what is actually getting us into the state of flow. And we have the macro flows, and the macro flows are associated with the peak performance. That's more for the professionals. This may happen when we run all those crazy distances, or we, you know, we compete, we race, and we compete with the with other um, athletes. And so you've got you've set the right conditions. So you've got the feedback, the the right balance between challenge and skill, and you've got the intention the the goals are set with with intent what about for someone who's got those conditions and they're just they're an overthinker so they start running they've got those and they're just constantly overanalyzing things and overthinking things and thinking about the past thinking about the future what what else can they do to like kind of get into a a bit more of that flow state Sure. So um, we need to. They need to practice more mindfulness, mindful running and active meditation. And each time when you practice mindfulness, you are strengthening the, you know, focus um, muscle. So um, let's start from the active meditation. What is the active meditation? So you know, you, you can practice the normal uh, traditional meditation. But uh, for me, at the beginning, the pra- traditional meditation doesn't really work because I couldn't sit. Uh, in the same place, focus it for longer than five or ten minutes. So it didn't really work for me. I, I just I was just getting too bored. And um, the breakthrough for me came when I started practicing active meditation. And the beauty of active meditation is that you don't have to spend, you don't have to, you know, um, add an additional practice to your uh, daily routine. You just need to add meditation to whatever you do throughout the day. So you can practice active meditation when you're preparing the food, your food. So this is by simply focusing on what you are doing. If you're getting carrot to your hand and you want to take the carrot, then you may think, you may say to yourself in, in your mind, carrot. When you, when you know, the carrot have a, a shape of triangle, um, let's say it that way, so then you may look for, when you keep cooking, you may look for other vegetables which have the shape of triangles. So then you say, you take another vegetable and you say, I don't know, broccoli, and you say triangle again. So whatever you do to stay in the present moment awareness, you can um, you know em- implement those uh, small active meditation techniques to your daily t- routine. You may, uh, you know, brush your tooth in the morning and you may uh, keep focusing for those two minutes on the sensation of your tooth or the flavor of your toothpaste or if any tooth is, if you're feeling painful. And, you know, if you start practicing this, you will be in shock because you're going to recognize, you're going to realize that you're going to actually not stay focused for two minutes. It's going to be difficult to stay focused for two minutes. You know, you can lace your shoes and you can focus on um, uh, lacing your shoes for those two minutes. That's actually the you know, very good warming up exercise before you go running to, to start switching your um, mind into mindful awareness. You may take a shower and you may uh, focusing on the sensations of the water touching your body on you know um, when you wash your skin on all the sensation on recognizing if the water is hot, if the water is cold. So, you know, your mind will always keep dwelling in the past, will come back to the memories. Um, but every time when your mind is dwelling, just come back to the present moment, just come back to this to this um, activity. And this is the beauty of active meditation, because you don't need to sit down anywhere. You can just do this when you go to the shop, you can do this when you cook, you can do this when you clean your house, when you hoover your house. Just simply focus on the activity. You don't have to do it for, if you walk to shop for 20 minutes, you don't have to do it for 20 minutes. You can do it for three minutes. And each time... When you do this, you are strengthening that uh, you know, present moment awareness uh, muscle. And um, the other um, uh, method which I'm uh, actively using is the mindful um, running. So it's all those techniques which I already said. 
the other technique which you can use for mindful running is, for example, um, create the environment anho. So it's something, pick up something from your environment which you don't see too often. And even if you run through the same places all the time, you may pick up, for example, orange color. Um, the, I don't know, the blue color, the green color, or the brown color are quite often um, in the environment. But the orange color is not too, too often, and the orange color rise awareness. So then um, pay purposefully attention um, to notice the orange color when you run. And each time when you notice the orange color, say in your mind orange. Um, if the orange color is not too often in the area when you run, then you can um, select the orange plus the similar color. So I don't know, amber, yellow, maybe red. And each time when you see those colors, just recognize um, those um, you know, colors. And it's a really um, um, simple exercise and the exercise which will deliver the results within the minutes. You can go for half an hour run and try to focus on recognizing those orange colors within, half, uh, within those half an hour, and you may actually um, uh, realize that those half an hour goes like five minutes because you was putting yourself all the time into the present moment, and at some point you, you get uh, subconsciously into the state of flow. And this is how it's working mindfulness, and this is what I'm, what I'm, what I'm teaching people, and this is what is breaking that... Uh, you know, um, pattern of dwelling in the past or worrying about the future. It's such a good idea. And uh, I'm just thinking of a lot of runners saying, oh, I don't have time to meditate. Well, you spend so many hours running throughout the week and you can, you know, spend even to start with a few minutes of running or trying to have mindful running in the, during those activities. And, you know, you're already doing that throughout the week anyway, might as well just implement something within that running session to make it more productive or, you know, learn a new skill. And there's so many, I'm guessing there's so many, I'm already thinking of so many tasks that you could do to remain in the state. You, you mentioned breathing and trying to, you can count breaths, you can be present on how what your feet feel like when you hit the ground. You can be present of what the the breeze feels like on your skin. You can be present about you know looking at the how the leaves move or what the sound of the the river is like. All these sorts of things while you're running. It's um, a practice that you can implement quite easily. Uh, but I probably think there's still some people out there that are a little bit too stubborn and think I tried to give it a go. It didn't work for me. It's not for me. My mind just races, even if I try and remain still. Um, what would you say for them? Do you have any particular advice for those type of people who have tried even just a little bit and said, no, nah, it's not for me. My mind's just way too overactive. Sure. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's actually every single new person is the same. The same thing is happening for every person. So they usually, what I ask this person is just actually what is happening. Why? Uh, why you think that this is not working for you? And the most common answer is because I'm when I'm starting to meditate and I'm starting to focusing on the present moment awareness, then I'm actually starting on about the shopping list. I'm starting uh, thinking what uh, what I have to respond to the email. I'm starting thinking about the past injuries. So actually, it's a lot of thoughts coming to my mind, and I'm doing everything except for being in the present moment. And this is the fabulous result because, as I said at the beginning, that our mind have between 40,000 40, to 70,000 thoughts a day. So those, those thoughts are happening 24 hours a day, uh, but they are happening in our subconscious mind. So all those shopping lists, all those responding to the emails and thinking what I have to do when I come back to the office after running, etc., those thoughts are happening so actually, if you notice those thoughts, if you think that, okay, it's not working because I'm thinking, that is, means that it's working because you notice your, your conscious mind has noticed what is happening in your subconscious mind. So just keep going. You're just doing great. That's exactly what you want to do. And each time when you notice those thoughts, 
Just say to your mind, in your mind, just say to yourself, thinking, and come back to the present moment. But say to yourself, don't, you know, uh, beat yourself, not, oh, bloody hell, I'm thinking again. Just say to yourself, just accept it. That's normal. We have 70,000 thoughts a day. Those thoughts, they are somewhere. And if we notice those, those thoughts, great, the practice is working. Just accept it and say, you know, put your... Uh, right hand on the left arm and say well done I I did great uh, this is working for me yeah I think that's a really good idea uh, just acceptance a lot of times rather than just dismissing it straight away and recognizing that it's normal to have those flowing thoughts and yeah I think it is a, a practice it is a skill that requires practice and the more you accept it and sort of um, through repetition, you just get better and better at. Yeah, exactly. The brain is running through repetition. So, you know, there's a very important that we actually plan that day. So if we know that, okay, I'm, what I always say to people is, I'm saying them that list five different activities uh, which you do on a daily basis and um, make a note of those activities and plan how you implement um activated meditation and um, mindful running to those activities. So for example, for example, this can be uh, brushing your tooth, taking shower, lacing your shoes, um, uh, cooking your food and running or walking in the, in the afternoon. And then plan how you implement those uh, mindful exercises. Take um, um, you know, the yellow post knots put the reminder in those places which when you start doing those activities, so on a shower door, on the mirror when you brush your tooth, on a, a cupboard when you take your shoes, on the you know, an entrance door when you're going to run, and you know, on a kitchen cupboard. Uh, put those reminders that you want to practice mindfulness for three minutes. And, and don't push yourself at the beginning to try to do it for longer. Three minutes is good enough at the beginning and you will notice that it's hard to um, stay in the present moment for three minutes. But when you realize that, oh gosh, I have difficulty to stay in the present moment for three minutes, then you get actually motivation that, okay, I, I really want to improve this and I want to practice this. And the brain is learning through repetition. So the more uh, of those activities you implement into your daily basis, into your daily activities, the more stronger will become that present moment awareness muscle. And then in the moments of the crisis, when you really need that being that present moment because those neurochemicals flooding, the cortisol is flooding your brain and your body because, I don't know, you're starting um, racing and you are stressing before the race or you're already racing and you feel the pain somewhere because you keep practicing this on a daily basis, then in those moments of crisis, your brain will just do this automatically because you will already train your brain and you don't have to think about this. The brain will just simply implement those techniques straight away and you will just uh, you know, keep running, get very quickly into the positive um, mind and, um, and, and you will just keep running. You know, the other things, the funny things, which I was practicing when I was running that previous two big challenges and that was my beginning uh, of practicing mindful running and active meditation. Um, when I, you know, I was far off from the family, uh, I was in Asia, my family was in London, I have two sons in London. Um, I was running on my own just with a backpack in a 38 degrees heat from one hotel to another hotel. Sometimes it was difficult to find food, sometimes it was difficult to find water. And uh, um, some days it was really hard. And then um, I was bringing purposefully the um, you know, positive memory. So I remember my older son when he was a little kid and he was watching um, all the time the Captain, Captain Nemo uh, cartoon. And there was a little fish, Dory, who was always, she was always singing, uh, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. So when I was running, <laughs> I remember this and I was singing in those moments when it was really hard and the negative self-talk started, I was just singing to myself, just keep running, just keep running. You know, <laughs> automatically the good memory comes because it was the memory of my son laughing, little boy laughing at that, uh, you know, uh, uh, cartoon. 
It was good memory. The mind switched into the positive thinking, and I was just just running. A good way to like personalize the experience as well. Personalize yeah. like you know thinking back on your own memories rather than like a default just count your breathing. I think that's that's really nice. It would resonate a lot more and be a lot more effective. Um, I want to get to your books and um, you discuss a few other things. But before we do that, is there any other final takeaways, anything that we haven't really mentioned that you think the listeners will get a lot out of that we haven't necessarily touched on? Um, I think, you know, all of, all of this which we talk about is the most basic. If we will start giving more information, we will overwhelm people. So if, if, you, if, um, if, you know, if you start from all those simple exercises you will start noticing the differences um, very quickly. Is 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 honestly the matter of the uh, even sometimes minutes or hours when you recognize um, those thoughts and you quickly can implement those techniques and very quickly got into the natural relaxations of the body. Then you breaking that cycle of that you know signal going between the brain and the body. And very quickly you, you know, release the tension from the body. So um, you know, release the tension from the man, uh, from the, uh, the entire body basically, and you're starting running. And if you implement all those very simple techniques, it, it will bring the wrestlers very, very quickly. Well said. And let us know what 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 books do you have and are coming out, and where can we get them. So um, I, I wrote the entire book, which is basically the guide um, how to move from the from the state of anxiety, stress, and overwhelm caused by traumatic experiences from the childhood, and not only from the childhood, but also the traumatic experiences which we um, you know, have on a daily basis um, in our adulthood life. And how to get from this state through using mindful running and active meditation to the state of flow and unlock focus, creativity and joy. So the title of the book is um, Flow Up, Get Rid of Anxiety, Stress and Overwhelm and Unlock Focus, Creativity and Joy. Um, um, we, we People can register on my website um, um, for the, for the um, email when the book will be released, but the book will be released on the 10th of um, January um, 2023. It's supposed to be released uh, in October, but we decide to push it for the January because most of the people are thinking about the uh, self-improvement in those months at the beginning of the of the year. So then we will, we will help to lots of people to you know, um, get into those um, uh, practices. Great. And any other, um, any other things that you want to mention? I know you said that you, you have an online community of mindfulness runners. That's, yeah, that's correct. So, you know, if, if you want to start with all those simple exercises and you notice the, the difference and want to continue and heal your body, mind and um, uh, soul from all negative thoughts, emotions and past negative traumatic experiences you can join um, my 12 weeks um, online course we have a um, online community of practitioners of mindful running and active meditation is a subscribe uh, based community so um, people can join for, for a month or for a year wherever they want they can uh, stop those subscription at any time there's a lot of meditations lots of workshops um, live question, monthly questions and answers. So we are I'm giving a lot of support to, to people who wants to practice mindful running and active meditation. When I will be running, and uh, I don't have the, <laughs> I'm not running through Australia, um, but I was actually looking at the Australia, um, but the transportation of the equipment was too difficult um, between the stages and we will not manage to transport this between the four weeks gaps which we have between the continents. So that was the conscious uh, logistical decision. That's why we didn't go to, to, to Australia and I, I, I wanted to go to Australia, but uh, it was a bit too difficult 
yeah, it was a bit too difficult, a bit too far from from you know everyone else from all other continents, and the transport was a bit too difficult. Um, um, but um, yeah, true. You know, the people can join the uh, online community, and we have we will have a lot of events along the way of my running road, because we will have over hundred events, which will be the philanthropic events for for UNICEF and fundraising for UNICEF for um, supporting education and child protection for kids in Ukraine, Venezuela. Philippines and um, uh, Yemen, and we will also have over 300 events which are related to my work. So that will be the workshops um, along the way of my running road when I will be teaching in person um, how to use mindful running and active meditation to get into the state of flow. Okay. Uh, any other links or things that you want me to include in the show notes? Any social media? platforms or anything like that yeah we when we when i will start running the main challenge uh, we'll be actually recording the, the the entire run we will have the production team with us 24 hours a day and we are recording the documentary movies three seasons four seasons so the season from usa um asia arabia and um uh, europe and all my social media will be very active but mainly I'm active on uh, Instagram um, and um, people can actually learn a lot from my posts on the Instagram because three quarter of my posts are the posts related to um, education about the uh, flow, mindful running and active meditation. Tom, this has been a great conversation. Uh, something I haven't done on this podcast before, but something that was really needed i know a lot of runners will take a lot away from this whether they're injured or not um and yeah i want to thank you for coming on and sharing something so insightful and so practical as well thank you so much i have a you know i, I ran a lot of kilometers behind me to prepare myself to forty thousand kilometers run i already ran over twenty five thousand kilometers so i have a plenty of experience behind me <laughs> well best of luck for the upcoming challenge i'll be watching very very closely and who knows maybe you can come back on to share your success thank you so much thank you for having me and that concludes another run smarter lesson i hope you walk away from this episode feeling empowered and proud to be a run smarter scholar because when i think of runners like you who are listening i think of runners who recognize the power of knowledge who don't just learn but implement these lessons who are done with repeating the same injury cycle over and over again, who want to take an educated, active role in their rehab, who are looking for evidence-based, long-term solutions and will not accept problematic quick fixes. And last but not least, who serve a cause bigger than themselves and pass on the right information to other runners who need it. I look forward to bringing you another episode and helping you on your Run Smarter path.